0: The of a different light, why noise it keeps me up at night, I can't help but think back to you, I wish that I could go. find a face I would right. recognize. So welcome we everybody to the Curious Baseball the Podcast, episode one. I am your host, Aaron Plotsky, along with us today is a special guest for our inaugural episode, my dad, Fred Plotsky. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Mm. It's wonderful. Yes. Uh, reason being is that he is available and he is very opinionated, as some of you may know. So, uh, first topic, AL Central. How you feeling about the White Sox?
1: You know, there's there's the Twins, and then there's nobody
0: else. Well, there's the Indians.
1: Yeah, I don't know how relevant. They got some pitching. They have a couple good players on their team, and we'll see if they're all on the team when the season begins. It looks like it. Uh, Lindor being a big piece. So, I don't know how relevant they are. Maybe the Sox in this division come in third. Maybe second. Uh, my big uh, concern for them is their pitching. Young, young pitching. They seem to be have a player at every position. Uh, including DH. So... Yes. Jose, for yeah. you, we...
0: Love Jose Abreu. Yeah, but they got Edwin. So, oh, right. Jose's going to play first, which is dumb, but whatever. So they have uh,
1: they have somebody at every uh, position, every batted position, but uh, pitching's a little concerned. So see how that goes. And the Twins? Twins definitely got hitting.
0: Well, yeah. Now they have, with Donaldson, they have now s- six players who hit 30 home runs last year. So, And that's... And they broke the record for, for home runs last year with, what was it, 307. So I'm sure right. that'll be fun. And the Yankees was only like one or one behind or something. I think it was, ended up being three or something because, like, I thought somebody hit like three home runs. On the no, that was, I was thinking, I'm thinking of Solaire. Never mind. So, yeah, Solaire's a good
1: player. Definitely could hit the ball. Yes, he can. I know, we're not talking about it. Yeah, because the Royals don't have much of a chance. They do not. No.
0: No. But the twins pitching is a concern. Their bullpen was good last year, but their starting pitching wasn't great. So, but with that, they still won one hundred and two games last year. Now the White Sox got better with Grandall, uh, well, Robert now being with the team, assuming barring any injury to start the season since he signed that extension. Uh, was it Grandall, Keikel, which, Whatever, Uh, Edwin. Edwin, G O. Ugh. Can I say Ugh on here? Yes, you can say Ugh. (laughs) That's Ugh. Well, he's not bad in the limited. I mean, he often he doesn't go long and deep into games, but he's not bad. Right, like three pitches
1: is about deep enough
0: for my liking. (laughs) Okay, well, you know that's not even whatever. Ladies and gentlemen, Fred Plotsky. (laughs) Um, He said I was opinionated. Yes, you are. All right. So, your predictions for the AL Central. Uh, Who's who's gonna be first? Who's gonna be second? Who's gonna be fourth and fifth? Is who cares? So, what's the order and uh, what's the wins? Oh, the wins that I don't know. Uh,
1: Twins. Twins are gonna be good. I bet you because the divisions got to be the weakest division of all baseball is uh, probably hundred wins again. Uh, Pretty close, 95 or better, 98. And uh, then, you know, if some of the players end up staying all season in Cleveland, maybe they have a chance at second with the Sox right behind them. But if not, uh, then the Sox in second as long as they have their pitching. And I'm going to say if they end up in second, it's because they're 500. Maybe a hair better.
0: Okay, well, the Indians won, what was it, 93 games last season? So, the, the concern is, are the players going to stick?
1: If they stick, they come in second. They probably win 90 games. They have some good pitching. They have some really good pitching, but uh, you lose Lindor. They're they not going to trade Lindor. They're not going to trade Lindor. No, that's... That'll cost them.
0: Well... It wouldn't if the owner would spend money to improve the team, but since he doesn't want to spend the money to improve the team, then it might cost him because it's clear he's not trying to win, and he already told fans what was the last year enjoy it Lindor while you can't I don't know whatever I dislike most MLB owners and I don't even I don't even know his name but he frustrates me so
1: yeah so then uh, Sox. third. And then there's the Royals and the Tigers, and the Tigers have got to be, uh, what, them and the Orioles? Probably
0: the worst team in baseball. Well, they have Mize coming up, most likely. They signed Scope and Crone, so that's better. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. They're, they're a waste. Yeah, yeah, they're a waste. I don't know. Uh, yeah,
1: those teams aren't too good. And you get to play them 19 times. So, uh, it's great if, if you have a good team in that division. So, I would say Detroit in last. Only because Solaire hit all them homers and I won the Fantasy Baseball
0: League because of him. Mm, it was a try, great yeah. pickup. It was a great pickup. Humble flex. Well, I picked up Giolito on the uh, or humble brag. I picked up Giolito on the. Uh, I picked up mm-hmm. Giolito. I picked up Moncada, I picked up both on the waiver wire. That's true.
1: They did great.
0: Yeah, and they were better than anyone I drafted again. Cause you know what? Okay, I'm just. I hate about our fantasy baseball league is that it doesn't reward good players. It rewards players who hit well, and that's it. And it's not even players who hit well. It's players who, it, it's dumb. Because it, it shouldn't, because it, it doesn't account for defense. So that means if I have a really good player who has an average bat but an elite glove, then he sucks. Like, he's, he's a waste. It's, it's
1: stupid. It's fantasy baseball. These are the, the, the categories that they give us. So You other can change than- them. No, uh, there's a few. Like catchers caught stealing, uh, outfield assists. So there's only a few defensive categories. So Well, then, I we, should just,
0: well, then we should just go. We should get off of CBS then and then go for something that's more adjustable. I think everybody's used to CBS. Well, I think everybody is dumb then because... <laughs> no, I have good teams, but good teams don't get rewarded because, oh, I have Sonny Gray last year. Well, he's a better pitcher than freaking uh... Who's I Who's I trying to compare it to? Uh, not Mike Miner. Um, see, I'm supposed to be the one that's forgetful. I'm over 50. Okay, Sonny Gray was a great pitcher last year. But, did, Sonny, but Sonny Gray doesn't get rewarded because the Reds weren't good. And then he didn't get a lot of wins. So you have Sonny Gray getting 200 strikeouts. And T has less points than somebody because they happen to win 60. It rewards pitchers for being on good teams and not strictly just on being good. And I think that's dumb. Well, given the
1: case. Well, cuz who
0: who was it? Who uh pitcher for the Rangers? It was Colby Lewis. And we had like a 60 RA, but he had like 17 wins because he won them all at home or something stupid. And he has more fantasy points than a guy with like 9 wins, but he's like the Sub three ERA guy, but oh well. The Rangers happen to—it's—it's it's dumb. That's fantasy baseball. It's <laughs> dumb. Whatever. All right, let's 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 move on to the Astros because you said it yourself. We didn't. It, you gave a brief opinion on it, and I did. We haven't talked about it, so let's let's talk Astros. So we haven't talked Astros. This is the first time that uh, Aaron and
1: I would uh, banter about baseball he's got a new school approach with statistics i have an old school approach with statistics but a lot of times you could just see a player and you know whether he's good or not you just well uh, you could smart. see the game you could watch him game uh, even just watching your games all of a sudden there's a kid and you go wow there's something different about that kid you just because you can
0: see it but, um, so we but didn't talk I, Astros. I, we didn't talk it's Astros. It's a much more biased process, but <laughs> sure, yes, let's rely on the eye test, which is the war, whatever. All right, Astros. So, updates, uh, okay, so five million dollar fine, uh, Hinge and Luno su- suspended without pay for a year and then got fired. Uh, Beltron was fired, but you know, they. Mutually had an agreement that he would walk away. Okay, sure. Um Cora's still... Well, he got fired again. And they haven't completed their investigation of the Red Sox. And they lost their first and second round picks for 2020 and 2021. So, thoughts on that? And is it enough?
1: Oh. You know, we're on the water cooler at work, too. I get some opinions. It's... I find it difficult because you can't take away the championship and how do you how do you punish players? Uh, how do you punish a player who's standing at the plate somebody's beating on a garbage can and he's got to say I don't want any part of this. But now he knows what's coming because his teammates are doing it. So did he
0: really cheat? No. What if he didn't want to be a part of it? Okay, so, but then the onus is on him. So, obviously, there's peer, there's social pressures that would prevent you from saying anything, but you obviously know it's wrong. Hinch knew it was wrong because he tried to sabotage it twice. So if you're and he didn't go, there's no report of him, no record of him going to any higher ups, uh, or trying to report this to anybody. So okay, you're a player, and uh, let's okay, you're you you don't want any part of it. Right. And you don't do anything about it. So aren't you equally as guilty? Yeah. Yes. There's social pressures involved. And then you have to worry about being uh, blacklisted or like you have to worry about like getting along with your teammates because you betrayed them or something or uh, getting a job afterwards because there's most like, OK, there's the Red Sox that we know did something right. And then there's probably other teams that are doing something uh, because it's baseball so they're always trying to cheat. So d- does that mean you get a pass because you d- you just said, oh well, I didn't want it, but they did it for you anyway like what? yeah so there's there's two parts to it. There's the
1: the blatantness of it, which is those people, whoever it is, whoever put it together, whoever came up with this scheme, they needed to, to pay and the people higher up. You know there's there's times where you work at a company and you're just told hey this is what you got to do and so then they say you know i'm just doing my job it's what my boss said i have to do so i would say the people in, in management definitely should pay a price and it's difficult to hold players accountable some blatant yes while others maybe we're just how do you define, could be victims of somebody's blatantness because you're within the game. You're playing the game. And if a guy's cheating, and so you know what's coming, it's difficult for you to go, oh, I'm going to swing as if it's a fastball, even though I know it's a curveball coming. A guy's not going to do that. But his intentions is not to cheat. Okay, but, but. So that's difficult when it comes to players, some players. You know, does a rookie come up in the middle of the year and these guys have been doing it for six months and now he's told this is what's going on, so he does a little better. Definitely, it was not his intent from the beginning to do this. So it's difficult to figure out what player did or what player didn't. But definitely management should be held responsible. Also... As long as it happens during the game, in-game, by players or scouts, but not electronic surveillance. So, there's a difference. Okay, well,
0: yes. I think everyone agrees that if you're standing on second and you pick up the signs, like, you try to reel them, like, that's fine. But it's the, like you said, it's the blatantness and it's the use of using a camera to get a live feed... And then to relay that through certain signals, it, it, it goes above and beyond just the typical standing at second base or uh, pitch tipping or things like that. It, it's, it's beyond that. It's beyond, it's far or even beyond. a
1: scout in, in the crowd, uh, that's to me is still part of the game. But when you have electronic surveillance like they did, video cameras sending signals that way, that's, that's wrong
0: but back to the players though so they were asked about it at fan fest uh bregman uh avoided all questions uh he just put a reply all oh well the commissioner came out with his ruling even though the report said it was player led right so he's almost distancing distancing his himself from it even though he it was player led and he partook in it um and then Altuve says, like, oh, whatever, we're going to be underdogs, like, we're going to be back in the World Series. Again, decreasing the magnitude of the situation and, like, acting like it was something to overcome instead of it being something that was insti- that was player-led and that they took part in. It's not like, oh, well, we lost six guys to the IL, oh, we're underdogs, whatever. It's like, oh, hey, we cheated, but we're underdogs because everyone hates us. Well, there's a reason everyone hates you. Um and then Verlander made a joke about it in a Cy Young speech. And Verlander was, before, uh, was often considered, like, baseball's watchdog, and he was speaking out about guys being... who were found guilty of domestic violence, and, um, you know, spoke out against them, spoke out against cheating, like, before he came to the Astros. And then 2017, he goes to the Astros, and he knows this is going on. He has to know what's going on. He's in the dugout. And then at a Cy Young, he doesn't say anything about it, he's silent, and then in a Cy Young speech, he made the comment that uh, the Astros were analytically advanced and stuff like that, and he, he kind of had a smile, and, and like made a joke of it. So, okay, you can't, it's, it's difficult to punish the players, but let's think about a different magnitude. So, there were at least four pitchers who pitched their last game in Major League Baseball against the Astros, in which there was trash can banging. And they got lit up. And they got sent down, And those guys did not pitch in the majors again. That was two years ago. That was two seasons ago. Well, I guess technically three, but whatever. Um, so it doesn't have just repercussions on... With wins and losses, it has repercussions of, oh, this guy came up, he got shelled, and he never got the opportunity again. That affects his career, that affects his bank account, that affects his psyche, that affects everything. So, and then, like I said, now Astros players are just, Jim Crane said they'd apologize in spring training or whatever, but as as far as they handle it, they've handled it like something that's like, something to be brushed off, when the magnitude... In fact, should be. Well, now the Dodgers were robbed, potentially, of a World Series. There's, we, Even without the cheating, they still may have lost anyway. So it's not like you can def, def, you yeah, can't definitively... Predict. No, you yeah. can't predict it. So taking away a championship, things like that, that's all stupid. Um, plus, as Justin Turner stated, you don't want it. Because what a crappy parade that would be. <laughs> yes. well, you well, can't yeah, take you it can, away. No, you can't take it away. So... Even though the Olympic committee strips people of medals, but that's individuals, right? That's individuals. That's, that's not individual. teams. Whatever. So, okay. Now the magnitude is. Let's. Let's take a better look at the magnitude and like address how okay the players, even those player led, are disregarding it, and now guys have lost their jobs because of it. And yeah. it being okay so does that again it's still hard but does that have an effect like is that because they know they did it right there's this player led it was possibly for but it was player led and on like in the dugout coaching led so it's tough to consequence the player but like why it shouldn't be impossible because now um a Houston Astros fan went back and he went through every single game and he recorded every trash can bang and there was only one I think Tony Kemp was the only hitter to not get any trash can bang or at all I could be mistaken might be like one other guy as well but everyone partook in it whether they wanted to or not and they didn't report it to anybody so you can play the hypothetical in which oh somebody didn't ask it and they did it anyway uh no one reported. Like, I, I, I get that the president is... You want the front office to be punished because that's where the money is. But the money's also with the players. And also, they were the ones that let it. So, I wasn't looking
1: at the money aspect. I was just looking at, no matter what, uh, in, in any organization... You know, the action of your employees, people that work for you, uh, when something goes wrong, you got to say, well, it was on somebody's watch. It was on Jeff Lunow's watch. It was on AJ Hinch's watch. It happened while they were in charge. So, how do you, how do you not know? It's difficult. Uh, but in the end, they're the ones in charge, and this happened. So when somebody's got to go down, definitely them. Now, if they had film with players do banging on drums, and, uh, or on the they, can, if they have the film of that, and you know the guy's cheating, yeah, you know what? There's probably nothing wrong with suspension. But the difficult part is if they weren't banging on the drum because a guy was standing at the plate and took advantage of it... Uh, he could say, you know what, I want to know part of it, but how do I swing as if it's a fastball when I know yeah. Okay, but it's then a but then the
0: solution should be this is obviously wrong. Everyone knows it. Um it's blatant. So again, like I said, it's hard because you have you have pressures to not report it, but shouldn't you then report it because then you're just an accomplice you just right. you it's guilty by association you didn't do anything to stop it so look at all the people that took steroids okay but that's the thing you if you take steroids you get a suspension but if you know but now guys have come out and said like this is this is worse than steroids because at least they still had to guess what was coming or at least they still had to go in blind but now they know what's coming
1: Right, well, no, I was, uh, uh, what I was referring to was so many people uh, were taking steroids. And, I mean, it was rampant. It was openly in locker rooms and people didn't say anything. So it's difficult to narc on your teammates and, like, end up walking out alive kind of thing. So uh, that's like you, but you said that there's a lot of pressure there, uh, for them to want to say something, but then they can't, they got to, they're on the road. They got to, they eat, sleep and breathe, right? They're teammates. So probably it's difficult for somebody to step up. And what was it? The book juiced when that first came out, they're like, Oh, this guy probably, uh, Probably needs money to pay his taxes or something like that, but you know what? It was Jose Canseco. He was right. Somebody finally said something, but there's a lot of people that were juiced, and nobody said anything. So it's it's not an easy thing to like come clean.
0: Well, so I guess a little side topic. So so the part of it was Luno had apparently never sent the lead wide memo to anybody else about there being stricter penalties or stricter rules about electronic surveillance. So he had apparently never sent that. So is that possibly a factor because he didn't take the responsibility to tell everyone that, Oh, well the Red Sox just got busted, but like as a player, you're not stupid like you know like that it's not so before all right anyway my actual tangent so before steroids were banned and you took them does that before it was against the rules and somebody took them and somebody took a performance enhancer is that wrong if it was if it was allowed and Apparently, players would rather have a guy take steroids and know what pitch is coming. Uh, yeah, but they were illegal substances. That's the difference. Is there, it was illegal. so it was by it was by law. It, you know, I'm not you. So it, it was wrong because it was by the law of the United States, not by a baseball commissioner or the MLB Constitution. So, right, but
1: because there's law doesn't mean that every company needs to repeat every law of the country be, and say oh well you know at my company you can't do and list all 10 million laws there are you would just understand there's certain laws of the world or uh, the United States that you just don't break and
0: they were taking
1: illegal substances.
0: Okay so that you're... Okay, so your, your problem wasn't that it was an MLB thing it was that it was a countrywide thing like Hey, these are banned. You're taking illegal substances, not okay, okay. right? You knew it because you just can't get it freely.
1: It's like trying to buy Cuban cigars 20 years ago. You just you couldn't buy a Cuban cigar. It was illegal in the country. And if you brought it in, because I know, <laughs> they get thrown away <laughs> when, you, when, you, when you come in from Canada and you have a Cuban cigar and you forget, or you don't smoke it when you're in Canada, When you come to the United States, they walk you back into Canada and they throw it away. So it's illegal here. So you should know not to do those things. So those guys should have known. And it took a while for that to work its way out. And it has. So can there be some suspensions? Absolutely. Should the League is still investigating it? And if there's people that were, you know, purely admittedly or clearly in the wrong, yeah, there's no reason to take some action. But I think of the, you know, the the Black Sox. And there was guys that cheated and guys that didn't. So there was a couple guys that swear they didn't cheat. But the ruling was either cheated or like met and convened and knew of the cheating were all banned so that's difficult for for a guy to be hey you know what i was in a meeting and i want to know part of it so i left and seven of the seven guys cheated but there was really 10 at the meeting three guys left so now they're were kicked out of baseball or uh, an example was if they were kicked out of baseball. How's that fair? Because they didn't cheat during the but they during don't. the series, but they were part of a meeting or two, or may have been seen as colluding to cheat, but they didn't. Okay, but so that's, did they, so did it's they, difficult. Okay,
0: but they, but then the question comes into which I think is relevant to this discussion is, did they try to stop it? Did they say? They oh, hey. But they
1: didn't tell anybody.
0: Right, but they didn't tell anybody. Oh, did which they try should. to stop and be like, Hey, guys, this is clearly wrong. You're fixing World Series. Like, Probably shouldn't be doing that. Which
1: like. is which is why Kennesaw Mountain Landis said, You know what? Even if you didn't cheat and you were involved, you met, you know what? You're all guilty because you didn't come
0: clean. So, But then that loops back to the Astros because... 30-plus guys, and you're talking about rookies who came up on the team as well, who witnessed it. 30-plus guys now knew of it. They didn't do anything to stop it. Uh, I mean, Hinch destroyed two monitors but still didn't say anything. Um, So now you have 30-plus guys who were complicit and unlike the Black Sox, there's no it's tough to ban a player uh that's a tough precedent to abide by or set but there's some truth to it though but you have 30 plus guys that knew about it that didn't say anything to anybody so but then they just get to walk away and have no repercussions and the only repercussions is five million dollars and uh Play- to four and four draft picks that they won't there will be free agents when those guys come back like when those yeah, guys just, would come up not to not
1: the a, it's not a big I think the point is it's not a, a big penalty
0: I, I think it's it's big in the precedent but I think since it took so long to dole out and everybody had time to think about it it was it became less big because now we all expected it and also the fact that so yes Jeff Luna was a he was a good baseball GM I'm not going to say a good GM because his, some of the choices he made were uh, a bit unethical um, but for a baseball when it came to implementing a player development system um,
1: which are unbelievable R-
0: right so he was good in that regard uh, and Hinch was a good manager in the sense that he was a conduit between the front office and the players Uh, but the system for the astros is in place right like they have they have astro ball like that's a thing now uh so like does losing luno like sure it has some net negatives but is it a big deal like oh they lost the manager they hired dusty baker okay well is aj hinch a better manager than dusty baker can you definitively say that like, yeah. no, you can't. Like, you can't, because the Astros are a talented team. It's not Who's to say A.J. Hinch pushed them over that edge? Because I- evaluating any manager's contributions is already difficult. And then to say, oh, well, uh, Baker is not as good of a manager as Hinch. Like, how do you know? Like, how, how can you tell? Like, can you, you can't just go off record because, okay. No, look no. at Moneyball. Right. So, and the other side of that, okay, Luno's gone, but the system's in place. For the most part as far as we know they have their way of evaluating players and they have a lock that goes on behind the scenes obviously but it's all there so what consequences is it now they just have someone else like like that's to say okay if you started the company like you started your company right and then you retired but you had somebody who knew somebody who's groomed right somebody who was groomed already and then you left and they just came in they have all the nuance or they have all the knowledge no but okay Uh, how much is that really going to cost cool runnings that you're gone like yeah some no doubt but at the same time if you have somebody who's groomed into the situation like it's not that big i don't think it's that big a deal and i think that's a problem is that the consequence is really four draft picks and five million and and yes those guys are not gone but okay, well, you replaced them, so so what? Five million and four draft picks, four draft picks that may or may not have panned out. Anyway, yeah, I have to. Uh,
1: I don't think to argue whether yeah. the draft picks are how relevant they are, you know, in the end. But it's that's difficult. I think they do need to look at to see if there was any players that were you know, blatant. And you could hand out some suspensions, and you might do some, uh, you know, unprecedented stuff with maybe uh, 20 games or 40 games, but you got to stagger it because you can't can't have all 25 guys sitting out for 25 games. You wouldn't have a team. So that's difficult to going into the season. But it would definitely be some pressure on the team. It would so definitely
0: cost them. What would have been worse? So... They're pun. So, would this be, say, okay, because they didn't 17. They stopped early in 18, I think. Or they didn't do it in 18. I don't know. MLB said they found no evidence of them cheating past 17, but.
1: Okay. Maybe they stopped.
0: Maybe they stopped. Maybe they didn't. So, what would be better, even though it may have been unprecedented? Would would it be a postseason ban? Because that says to the players, so because the players right now, they can still compete. They can still get to the World Series. They can still win it. And they still get all the same benefits. They still they still make the money. They still make the postseason bonuses. They could still get a ring and the trophy and the parade and all that stuff. With Okay, so draft pick like, Again, it goes back to draft picks. They have two less guys in the front office. They're owner. They're multi-billion dollar owner has five mil five less million okay pocket change who cares and they lose four guys that they probably wouldn't see anyway but a postseason ban they play doesn't matter how good they play they're not getting it right and no is that is that something one is it realistic i don't know i think it should be because that relays guys that tells people, hey, the, con- the consequence is bigger than just four guys you don't know and pocket change and two guys that are gone. It's doesn't matter how good you are. It uh, doesn't matter how good your stats are. You're not getting that postseason money. You're not getting your trophy. You don't have the chance to get your trophy. And you could win 162 games. You're not getting in. And baseball players like to win. Yeah. So, is that...
1: if Maybe if it was in 2018. But now, how many guys from 17 are still with the team? And how many guys in 2020 are with the team that weren't with the team at the time? And they're getting penalized for that. I mean, you're Don Alvarez had nothing to do with this. Right, and Eric and
0: Cole. And... Right. Well, Garrett... Cole's gone, but... Um, right,
1: there's plenty of guys on that team now that weren't part of
0: that team. Maybe if it was 18, but then but yet it's
1: it's but, not But does a, that
0: get the point across then? It would because yeah. then not just you suffer, everyone suffers because you were the idiot. Like you guys were the idiots and now your teammate had no idea what was going on. Your Alvarez most likely didn't know what was going on. He comes up in 2019. All of a sudden, he's being told he can't. He can't make. He can't be in the postseason because you guys decided to bang on a trash can. Really? Right. Is that a better punishment than having to answer to the media and not having anything? And because that's all their punishment is. That's all the players' punishment is right now. It's just oh hey, uh, we have to. Jim Crane is making us say we're sorry, so we're sorry. Because ple- clearly they are apologetic. Because Altuve said we're underdogs and. Bregman said, "Oh, the commissioner and they're gonna avoid it. Right? They're gonna avoid it. Right? So, so the punishment then, in my opinion, it has to be. It 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 has to fit the crime. Right? It has to fit the crime because they. Because it goes it goes much deeper than even because it affects the finances of other teams." Um, of other people um, of the baseball players who don't have jobs because they cheated and it goes has lead-wide repercussions so
1: and the players that have coming up now that were down the tee right it's they say if, like one uh, indiscretion can affect you know, in your life can affect I, I was just listening on TV or some show it said 165 people so one person's action is could be affect a uh, hundred on average, a hundred and sixty five different people. People that they know, people that they work with, you know, uh, family. However, they quantified it, but it affected one hundred sixty five people. I don't know if it's true or not, but the point is, one indiscretion affects more than just you. Right, affects many others. Right. So. A lot of times it's difficult to quantify. You know, what's fair? You know, I think this and you think the exact opposite and we have to work something out. So what's fair? Hopefully you can walk away and go, you know what? I got something of what I wanted. You got something of what you wanted. It's difficult. There's no set thing that's going to make everybody happy because there's so many people affected that all have an opinion on it.
0: And I guess another problem is that the commissioner... Uh, a lot of i myself tend to think a lot of time like oh the commissioner is an employee of major league baseball but he's not he's an employee of the o- owners they appoint him they hire him and so now i i guess thinking about it could it also be jim because jim crane wasn't punished now to think he was uh, not involved in any way even though most other front office people were. Uh, I'd say that's a bit naive, but does it it does it become a problem because the commissioner works for the owners like yes, he has to be an advocate for the game itself and a little bit for the for the players but does it become an issue because maybe he wants to give out a higher punishment but does well, there is
1: a time actually probably before you were born. And and again, I don't know who the... I don't remember who the commissioner was, Faye Vince. I don't remember who it was. But I believe it was George Steinbrenner who was banned from baseball. Like, he, he couldn't go to the games. I believe this to be true. It's been a while. But he was banned to go... For, he couldn't be an owner. He had to step away from the game. And I believe that was a decision by the... Yeah. Uh, Commissioner.
0: July thirtieth, nineteen ninety, Stanberg was banned permanently from day to day management, but not ownership of the Yankees by Well you can't take away its
1: ownership, but right, he couldn't run the day to day operations. So even though the commissioner is appointed by the owners, uh, you know, improprieties between owners, there still needs to be a referee or a judge. So although he's hired by the owners, the the way each owner thinks isn't alike. So, he needs to act what's in the best interest of baseball. So, even though he's put there by the owners, he still has to rule against owners uh, for the sake of the betterment of all the owners. So, George Steinbrenner had to sit it out, and there was probably some owners that said, hey, you know what, that was the right thing to do. So, but that was he went against George Steinbrenner. Who, by the way, was a pretty powerful owner, New York Yankees. Right. So, uh, don't get the well, he's put in place by the owners, mixed up with he's got to do what's best for baseball, which he does have that autonomy. There is some truth to that that he's
0: put in place by the owners. I see your point. And they, you know, he, they he answers them when it comes to his job employment.
1: Yeah. But he still has to do what's best for baseball. And while he's still there, he can do that. They could get rid of him, but he could still do that.
0: Right. Right? That is true. Okay. Um, well, we talked long enough about Yeah, that, we talked long enough about the Astros. All right. So. But it's all good stuff, right, guys? It, it's all good stuff. All right. So it's baseball. Now, uh, so you're, I'm, I guess, new school. I don't know. Um You don't know? You're new school. Okay, you're old school, you're, give me your quote, I just got into slugging percentage. So, (laughs) yeah, old school, fine. Um, Although, you do recognize that pitcher wins is dumb for evaluation, and they mean nothing, so I appreciate that. Uh, That took some convincing. I'll take credit for that.
1: I I would say that a quality start, although I don't believe three runs in six innings is a quality start.
0: Well, I think, you know, I skewed your vision of quality start because I was always throwing up zero. So I think, you know, <laughs> yeah. I I personally, you know I mean not three not in- the past couple of years to be fair, but growing up I think I skewed your vision of what a quality yeah, you, start is. You, you threw a lot of threw no hitter, by the way. Would it well yeah. One. Yeah. It was I only no hitter, it. by the way, only no hitter of that of my high school graduating class that was not posted on the iWoop twitter. I like to point that out. Oh. <laughs> so I had a problem before day 1 even started. Oh man, the diss, the diss. Yeah. So
1: Shorewood goes down. Is that Sh- Aaron Platsky. That Shorewood? Shorewood.
0: Yeah, got the article Shorewood High School in Milwaukee. Oh, okay. I guess you remember more about it than I do. There's an article well, yeah, it was in when the Saints
1: had that. Oh, game. the
0: game... Oh, oh the game okay. I, was like, I thought there was like a... Okay, whatever.
1: And by the way, Terry Keister said, that game against Union Grove, you were unhittable,
0: and too bad it rained.
1: Because that would have been another one. It's possible.
0: It's possible. It's possible. Uh, but, there there uh, would have been a few. Uh, <clears throat> <Heath>. um, <laughs> well, CB, I guess, too. Not, yeah. You know, not charging that ball a second. I'm not salty. Um... It's whatever. still one of the best games I'll pitched. Clo- yeah. What? I'll- Even the
1: umpire will tell you that a year later. I'll
0: close the yearbook. I'll close the yearbook. All right. So we're we're gonna. I'm gonna list uh one two three four the four ish stats. I'm going to list it. I'm gonna tell you what it is, and I'm going to go over the definition from either FanGraphs or McCoveyChronicles.com, Whatever I'll say which one is which, and then. I'm going to explain why I like it and then I'm going to get your opinion on it uh, because I think they're really good for evaluating uh, a lot better than the traditional batting average on base and slugging because I think those have their uh, I mean everything has their bias but I think those don't tell a lot Uh, in in my first recording of this podcast I used the example of who would uh, There's a big difference between D. Gordon hitting 300 and Joey Gallo hitting 300. And you may say, oh, well, yeah, like that's represented in slugging, but okay, then you go into slugging. Okay, well, guys may have the same slugging, but they may have... One guy may have more home runs, which are more valuable than doubles. So, whatever. I won't get into that right now, but I will start. And my first stat is... Weighted Runs Created Plus, or WRC Plus. Here's the definition from fangraphs.com. Weighted Runs. Weighted Runs Created Plus. Created. Oh boy. It is a rate statistic which attempts to credit a hitter for the value of each outcome, single, double, etc., rather than treating all hits or times on base equally, while also controlling for park effects and the current run environment. WRC Plus is scaled so that league average. Is hundred each year and every point above or below 100 is equal to one percentage point or worse than league average so um, and then it gives the formula which all these stats they weren't just created and then like slapped a name like they have mathematical formulas people much smarter than I went through gathered a formula for through firm tested them see what saw which ones made sense like not to say they're without flaws but they're, it's concrete math, it's not, whatever anyway, so, that is the definition of way to run screened plus Um, I like it because when I evaluate a hitter I, let's see here's Nolan Arenado Nolan Arenado had in 2019, a way to run screened plus WRC plus of 128 he was 28% better than the average major leaguer Mike Trout was 80% better than the major league hitter because Mike Trout's really good. And that's the discussion. You can say, oh, wow, who is the better hitter? Well, and again, there's within a certain standard deviation, like, okay, guy with 128 versus a guy with a 130, like, okay, yeah, 130 is better, but it's, it's to say one is better than the other is stupid because it's really close. But you can look at Arenado. And you can look at Trout, and one, it helps create a better appreciation for how good Mike Trout is, because he's quite possibly the greatest player to ever play baseball. And two... Separate of Bay Ruth. Well... But go ahead. Uh, okay. Um, sure. I won't get into that right now, but... Could have been a Hall of Fame
1: Okay, too. he was... But that's okay, we're never well, talking well, about that. Well, he was
0: playing... Whatever. Well, Adam would strike out Babe Ruth in three, pitch, three pitches every single time. He said that, and I completely agree, because Babe Ruth was going against guys that... I would have been a Hall of Famer in Babe Ruth's league. I, yes, there were guys probably... I don't care. But the league was I, different. It was, was okay, different. Yeah, the league was different. The training, but that's not the point. The point is, if you were to take Babe Ruth, not and, and just who he was, and put him in today's game... He would suck, but you, you know. Can't who,
1: put him in today because he would have had he wouldn't have the same stats. He, he might have had different he, training. He might not even I'm be saying, playing
0: today. Yes, be, that's my point because he. I would have been, but uh, he, mm, he won't have been. No, who no? He out- no, who, no, teams. No, okay, but when other teams were hitting three home runs, is that impressive? Yeah, because it was hard to hit oh, all. <laughs> <laughs> no, because home runs weren't fat. Ugh, whatever. Um, you know. Okay, here's my final say, you know who Babe Ruth is in 2019 or like currently Daniel Vogelbach. Do you look at Babe Ruth swing? You look at Daniel Vogelbach, you look at body composition, whatever. They look relatively similar. And that's at Babe Ruth's peak. That's who he'd be in 20 in the game in 2019. He would be Daniel Vogelbach and he would be a borderline. He'd be a four, a player with no defensive value. He'd be a DH with who hits slightly above average. That is my hot but you're, take.
1: But you're taking his, his training uh, and the concentration I, of what they did in baseball. I understand. Just listen. Just all listen. Right, right. What they did in baseball at that time. I mean, he'd eat hot dogs during the game. He'd go out and drink all night and show up drunk at a game. I mean, that was part of the game back then. These guys today... They don't do that. They can't do <laughs> so that.
0: Does that speak more to his skill or more to the talent level of baseball than that he could be hung over and still be really good? Does that say whether he was really good, that baseball was really bad, or both?
1: <laughs> no, I just for that era, that's how the game was played. They used the same ball. Mm-hmm. So the ball was thrown back from the, from the crowd, back into the field. There was times where... They would
0: just lob the ball up, because but there was also a live ball era back then too.
1: So you can't. My point is that you can't compare I, I get it. decades and
0: time frames. For his era, he was he right. If you if you use stats and adjust comp- how good he was back then compared to his peers, compared to his peers, he's the best to play the game.
1: So that's what I that's, would say about you. Is when you played. Compared to your pairs, you were better uh, when it came to pitching. You were just a better pitcher. So to well, say, look how far that got me. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You know what? We yeah, all have that things. Costs, in well, life.
0: that causes a lot more problems. That's common. <laughs> pitching 175 innings at the age of 14 and then catching the other half of games.
1: Well, okay, so there's but, some overuse, but the point is though I your, that uh you know 20 years from now when they have different training or who knows the way it's going to be right and to say that well if I would have pitched in the 20s like the 1920s Cy Young I'd win 800 games and Cy Young would be nothing because of the, the way you're trained today the way pitchers are trained in the the way they're taught how to pitch. I mean, you throw a spin rate like up like that in nineteen eighteen, probably couldn't hit it. They Spins, had they had wait, three. Spin rate like you know that? what I'm saying? If you had a pitcher <laughs> with the kind of spin rate that they throw today, and what? the the curveballs. I mean, back then it was. Uh, uh, these guys didn't know from that, so you can't compare
0: eras. I, I, I get you can't compare. Okay. You, well, here's the thing: you can compare eras, but. Can't take the stats from a hundred years no, ago can't. and put them today. Whatever, I, I anyway. Okay, so back to waiter WRC plus. So, point being, okay, so Arenado was one twenty eight. Trout was one eighty, I believe. Um, Christian Yelch was one seventy three. I think Bregman was one seventy eight. No, it was Bellinger. Uh, I think Bellinger was one sixty seven again I'm, I don't want to look these up so correct me if I'm wrong. Right. you you wouldn't know whatever all right anyway so right I don't know so okay so here's let me give you an example all right of why I like wrc plus um park factors as well so it takes all the stats and it adjusts also for park so I'm going to give you an example so Arenado hit 41 home runs he had a 315 average 379 on base 583 slugging 392 Woba, so which was waiting up. I'll get into that later. Um, George Springer. Okay, George Springer. 39 home runs, 292 average, but 383 on base compared with Arenado's 379. So, close. Uh, had a 591 slugging. Arenado had 583, again, within... Not that right, far apart. Not that far apart. But... Springer's weighted to runs created plus was 156. So, similar home runs. Similar on base and slugging. But it's a 28%. So this is saying that Springer was 56% better than the average major leaguer, And saying Arenado was only 28% better than the average major leader. Not 28%, still really good. Right. That's, that's And with his glove, he's still... One of the best players, no question, one of the best players in baseball. Not the best of all time. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making a joke. Okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but he's good. No, he's no, a good he's ball good. player. You're right, he's a good ball player. So the discrepancy is now maybe Waiter and Screen Plus docs uh, players who play in Coors more than it should. There's an argument to be made there, but the difference being is that Arenado has the advantage of playing 81 games in Coors Field, which actually doesn't affect home runs. It just affects extra base hits because there's so much space in the outfield. Um, I don't want to look up the research on that, but I have read on that. That's what the research showed. Um, So he's docked because he plays in Coors. So my question to you is, one do you I, I know it's useful do you think it's useful uh and not is it just useful but if you learned a little bit more about it would you use it because yeah. because it's it's not because you don't have to look at slugging right you don't have to look at oh well this guy had a 583 and this guy had a 600 well what ballpark it takes into account all that obviously it's not without its flaws but none of the traditional stats are without their flaws so would if you took time to learn more about it would you use it
1: yeah if if I understood it uh, the one here's what I'm going to say about all these new stats versus the stats that I grew up with that stats back then that's how how players were rated Um, how few times they struck out how many times they walked what their batting average was and i understand the whole d gordon thing you know 300 singles or 200 singles in a season isn't a whole lot uh but he batted 300 you know that kind of thing that that could be overinflated because the effectiveness of the hit i get that so but based on the stats that they had when i was a kid everybody was based on those stats so they had a set of players and they're all good ball players because if they weren't good ball players they'd find somebody else who was and then today there's stats weighted runs created plus and many others you said there's four there i know there's many others i've read your article <laughs> there's many others so you end up with a different player all compared the same way so whether it's so whether it's this group of players based on these stats, or that group of players based on those stats, then a guy who has a really good weighted runs created plus might not be a guy that would have played 40 years ago, probably would, or a guy 40 years ago today, uh, back then might not play today. But they're all guys based on weighted runs created plus. So you're going to end up with a set of guys playing baseball based on certain stats. So it doesn't, that doesn't mean that all these guys are better than everybody else that played. They're just a different group of guys. The way I look at that is when the, when the football players struck and they were going to bring in scrubs, right? Temporary, some football players. You know what? It was a bunch of football players. So whether it was a really good group or a not-so-good group, if, if they couldn't keep up, they would keep repl- the replacement
0: players. they keep replacing them. So your, your point is, is, comparatively, they're the same because they're evaluated the same in their respective time periods. Yeah. So uh, one thing I'll say to that is, so you can look back at any player season and look at their way to run of plus. It's not just a current thing. You can go back and it's like Babe Ruth having like a like a 195 way to run plus. Like you can see that. So you can... Compared to his peers, he was ninety five percent better,
1: right.
0: better hitter. That's you can do that. But I will say that back then, yes, they were all compared the same, but guys who were guys were penalized and guys were rewarded based on more pronounced stats. So you have a guy who hits two fifty back then you say, well, he hits for power, you know, he's hitting 250. If only he could bump that up. Well, why does he need to bump that up? Because he's a better better hitter than the guy hitting 300. Just like your point, you understand the difference between, okay, 200 singles in a season is probably not as good as a guy who hits but 70. If they sing-
1: only looked at batting average, then those were the guys they picked. Right, so- but
0: I, my point is that it's not, It's my point is not that it's not to say hitters back then weren't good. It's not to say that I lost what I was gonna say. But my point is that it leaves it, you look back and those traditional stats leave a, a blurrier vision of what they like that player is contributing. So a guy who hits 250, and a guy who hits 300, you might say, oh, the guy hit 250 and he might hit for a little bit more power. But, like, oh, we'll take the guy who hits 300. It's just like in Moneyball when the on-base like when the on base percentage became a higher thing. So batting average got kind of shooed away back then because, well, in the movie, they said, okay, well, Giambi gets at base at this clip, and he gets on base at this clip, and he gets on base on this clip. So what do we need? Three guys that have an average of, 360, of 363 on base. So does it matter how they get on base? Well, yes and no my point in all of this is saying if they had way to run screen plus back then there would have been guys who weren't playing baseball anymore because they couldn't hit for average playing baseball and there'd be guys who could hit for average not playing baseball I think that's that's I understand like comparatively like yes they were compared to their peers on one level and they're compared to their peers on this level now my point being is that we've gotten better. All these things are to the betterment of baseball and its fans because all it, you don't have to use it. I'm not saying you have to use this. But what it does is if you want to learn it, it, it is a better understanding of what's going on because it gives you a better look. It takes into account things... That you'd often have to go. Oh well, they're on base. Or their slugging's insane. The but oh well, what park does he play in? Oh, how many home runs versus how many doubles? Like, what, you know, what does he do? This is he? Is he a good base runner? It takes all that out and just says, "Here's a number. It's 128. Here's a number for Springer. It's 156. And you could say, uh, somebody could say on a broadcast, which is what Mike Petriello did for the past two StatCast um, feeds of the uh, wild card game um wow yeah he had a good season he was 15 percent better than the average major leaguer at the plate and that's it There's no like well hit 300 but you know not for a lot of power and you know you don't have it's just he was 15 percent better and that's the conversation it just makes it for me at least you may you most likely have a very different opinion and that's fine but no, if,
1: if I understood the stats if I actually went into and understood the stats then I mean and I'm a math guy so it,
0: I'd have to learn something new and I guess a point that could be made too is for some people that it they still want the traditional stats in because that's the way they enjoy it and that's a fair point um, but at the same time there's also, those people are getting older. <laughs> uh, right. And people like me want to watch baseball and not have to look on their computer during the game or re- do research on the computer when an announcer says, oh, yeah, this guy's a good defender, stops everything in front of him. And then me going like, can you at least state something with that? Like, can you, Do you have anything to back that up? Like, no, now I got to look it up because is he a good defender? I don't know. If I'm watching a Tigers Marlins interleague game, do I know if uh, who, who's a who's a Tigers player that nobody knows? I don't know. Does anybody know? Any well, 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 a few players. years ago, Mickey Matuk, really, if you were to tell me in a broadcast if a broadcaster would say, "Oh, he's a great defender." I don't know. So therefore I have to look it up because I want to appreciate the players that are in that game and I want to know. So my thing is is that i prefer these i prefer newer stats and i prefer newer ways of evaluating because they're less subjective there's less bias um because with a lot of them they're a lot of them are rated on the same scale um and it's just it provides more information for me to make and to have an educated opinion on because i don't want to listen to a broadcast and hear well uh uh, Miggy's hitting 315, so he's, you know, he can still do it. Uh, no, he can't. Because his on base is like 320 and his slugging's like 340. That's terrible. Like, I don't. Now, you can. Here's another point I want to bring up. So, often, advan- if you have a good player by traditional stats, he's often going to be good by advanced stats like if you like with any of these stats if you were to say okay the mvp cody bellinger Cody bellinger Anthony Rendon, christian yelich there's there's no saber metrics that are saying those players are bad players who right. you'd expect to be bad are bad by any stat and who you expect to be good are good now it's more a matter of saying okay was this player really as good was he as bad Okay, and then like adjusting for things that players don't have control of. Did, did Arenado get to pick that he would be drafted by the Rockies and he would be get, getting to play in Coors for his first seven years of his career or six years of his career? No. But this takes that into account because he had gone to say he had gone to Kansas City and had the same numbers, then his way to run Plus would be higher because he gets credit for being a better hitter. In a more pitcher-friendly ballpark, so. Right,
1: which I don't know how they do that. I'm sure there's some math. Mathemat- there's obviously mathematics. I mean, I yeah, you, you see the problem.
0: <laughs> that's the equation.
1: <laughs> right. So to understand that equation and be able to say, well, that represents Kaufman Stadium. You know, that's that's the part that I say is difficult. Well, a use. lot of but, it's
0: based on okay, so a lot of it's based on a constant. So, okay, if we see a neutral baseball park, you establish what is neutral, and then you say, okay, well, Kansas City allowed fewer runs upon, like, and fewer home runs, and you take into account, like, five factors, and then you say, okay, based on these, it's, you place it on a constant of, like, zero or 100, and then if 100 is average, or zero is average, then Kansas City's like, negative four, or something. You know, like, it's, Confu- it can be confusing if you want to get into details of it, but there's constants, so it's not like, and then that constant will change upon the year or upon the whatever. You know what I'm saying,
1: right? So, uh, when it comes to the stat, as long as the stat is consistent, Which they uh, are right. The assumptions are consistent. You're gonna you're gonna create a team of baseball players, team made up of baseball players based on these stats. So that's just it. So some guys that normally may have played in the past uh, won't play today, and there's guys that uh, might not have played in the past that would play today because of these stats. It's still 25 guys based on certain stats. So that's great, these stats, and that's what you're accustomed to. You'll probably see, I think, you'll see somebody in a booth Maybe in the not too distant future that understands these stats that would be able to sit in and be a color commentary uh, for the game and be able to discuss these stats and explain why why this guy is a little better versus John Smolt saying he's good, a good, he's got a good eye for the ball, right or or you know Joe Buck,
0: yeah, the two favorites.
1: Right? Right. Right, and he's like, yeah, he's uh, he's got great range. Okay, uh, Joe's saying great range, and your stat's saying he's got great range. Uh, I'm sure there's some kind of stat that shows defensive ability to get to the ball. Yep, UGR, that-
0: ultimate zone rating. <laughs> there you go. Right. <laughs> right. Or so there's they- range factors, yeah.
1: Correct. So these are some, I bet you you'll see these stats creep into the game, where the other stats will either morph into this or just uh, maybe one or two will stay, but most of them will go away. And they'll just say, well, these are the stats that they used back then, and these are the players that play based on these stats. And here's the guys today, and they play based on these stats. Right. So you still end up with a team of 25 guys that are uh, judged right, or rated on a certain stat. It's just different 25 guys. Right. That's all.
0: My thing is, again, I, I've i stated why I don't like batting average, um, but I still find it... So, like, the batting title. Like, Tim Anderson won the batting title last year. Like, I still find some excitement. that Like, I still want to look and see, oh, like, who led the league in batting average? Who led, in slu- like, who led it in slugging? Who led it on base? Like, who led the league in home runs or RBIs? Like, it's still... Now... <laughs> Jose Abreu leading league in RBIs. It's is my discrepancy with him. It's not. Wasn't that great of a hitter. He was above average, but not by much. He just happened for some reason had. He's a clutch hitter. Right. He just he happened <laughs> to have. He was fourth, like the fourth most amount of like guys on base ahead of him. Somehow I don't know who's ahead of him. The White Sox. Uh, the I don't know how it worked itself out, but he had the fourth amount most amount of opportunities with guys in scoring position when he came up the plate so again saying oh he had a good season drove in 100 runs well bryce Harper's season 2015 he didn't drive in 100 runs but he had one one of the three maybe the best hitting season of the past decade and jose abreu drove in 24 more runs <laughs> than him last year so anyway back to my actual point um I still enjoy traditional stats. Like, if I see a guy hitting, like, 370, like, hitting 400, you're you on base. You have basing. to keep that stat. Right, you're still, you're, you. if you hit 400, you, well, assuming you're not a stupid base runner, your OPS will at least be 800. Like, so, like, and that's crazy, because, like, nobody hits 400. Like, Ted Williams will have to do it. And had I been alive when Tony Gwynn was trying to do it, I would have been psyched. So because that that's, was
1: unfortunate.
0: Yes, the strike. Um,
1: he was a great hitter.
0: He was a great hitter, and that can be backed up. Um, Rod. I don't. I, well, I don't. I don't know whether he would have got to four hundred because he was at three eighty three when the strike happened. He was, he was he was quite a bit behind. Um, it wasn't like he was above four hundred and then the strike happened. He was like he was behind the eight ball. Um, my point is, I. I would still be excited to see that because it's something rare. Like, 3,000 hits, uh, Mark <laughs> Nick Markakis having 3,000 hits uh, versus... Uh, who? A good hitter with having, like, 3,000 hits. Like, uh, Robin Young. Robin Young. Uh, that's not easy. Exact... Okay, if Giancarlo Stanton had 3,000 hits in his career and Nick Markakis had 3,000 hits in his career... Uh, there's a big difference in offensive production, but it'd still be exciting because that's a huge milestone, and only so many guys have done it. Like, I don't like I don't get upset when Philip Humber threw a perfect game, like because okay, Humber Anything. sucked, but but it's still exciting because it's still it's Anything still. Think it happened on any day. Right, and so chasing these records, it's it's a. Uh, it's still exciting like I I I still enjoy seeing someone lead the league in batting average because whatever there's a nostalgia to it but it's also like okay if you lead the league in batting average there's a good chance that you still had a good offensive year that year it's just not my go-to I still like to see it I'm still interested to see it I'm still interested to see that like Jose Abreu led the league in RBIs because it's fun because why do you lead it? does it automatically mean he's a great hitter no but it's still fun because he played on a team that lost, what, 88 games, 90 games last year? White Sox? What was it? Something like that. They weren't good, but and he didn't have a great lineup around him, but for some reason he had the full, most amount of opportunities with guys in scoring position, and that's when he got his hits.
1: Go White Sox. I will say one thing, because I was thinking about this. It's funny that we're, we're doing this, because I was thinking about this in the, in the car the other day, and uh, I thought about like when I played. So I played in uh
0: oh, you can bring I know. No, well like.
1: I, so so I played in the seventies, oh, but God. but batting average was important. So if a guy, you know, well, today would be like Ichiro, Ichiro could hit a lot of home runs. But he'd rather he'd rather get on base. So
0: okay. I get I get your point. But <laughs> I was
1: but I was taught not to hit home runs. I was taught that I'm gonna hit the ball where the guy isn't standing. So I'm going to get a single, or I'm going to drive it in the gap, and I'm going to get a double, and I'm going to get on base. That's the way I was taught back then. If maybe I had different training, and I was showed how to hit a home run, or that was more important. So just the focus was different. Different. The the focus on the game was different. It was more of a small ball game. Singles, doubles, steal a bag. You know how many guys really steal bags? Look at. Look at the great Cardinals, base stealers over the years. And you don't see that today. You don't see a guy uh, like Ricky Henderson stealing over no, 100 bases I don't backs. think we'll ever see a guy like Ricky Henderson. Okay, but you right. still had no. Lou
0: Brock, right. and you had Vince Coleman, right? Rock Reigns. Right. Uh, well, what was the last guy to steal a lot of bases?
1: You don't see it too much anymore.
0: Billy Hamilton, but you can't steal first. so Right. <laughs> can, yeah. technically, but... No, you can't steal first.
1: <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's Drop true. third strike. Drop third strike, yes, which is... Not a steal of first. When the talking? last guy to steal first was Gene Segura. Uh,
0: I remember the play you're talking about, but how is that a steal of first? Because he went from second to first. Oh, uh, that... That's not stealing a base. That's just being stupid on the <laughs> base.
1: That's, no, it just, just being It done. just happened to be a circumstance where he had to get back to first because he probably would have been out. Oh, so he did make it back to first. What but terrible, that rule terrible play of <laughs> stealing first is gone. Right. And originally, it doesn't matter how it came about. But, anyways, right. Billy Hamilton, you can't steal first. He had speed, but he couldn't get on base, so he yeah. wouldn't steal 100 bases. Right 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 so you don't have that anymore but when i was a kid that was it heck i was taught on a walk to steal second
0: i think that's still taught that's less a ideology more than it's like a strategy like okay if a guy's not paying attention yeah take second that's what happens i mean that's like a that's like a baseball iq thing now as much of a an Ideology where it's like, oh, well, don't steal second. I don't like a guy's not paying attention and take advantage of it. I think that's still probably don't see it as I don't even know. I don't you don't, I don't see know. it
1: in professional baseball, but I don't even know if you'd see it in the in in little league and stuff like that. I don't remember any of your coaches going,
0: hey, you know what? I don't, <laughs> I, you know, the coaches, <laughs> not, uh. well, you
1: played PBI. Right? Yeah. And you played the Stars. Those guys...
0: They said... They, yeah, they... I mean, that was rewarded. Smart base, baseball IQ was award, rewarded. Like, it wasn't exactly, like, taught because, like, uh, you nope. were less likely to be away with that. Like... But, yeah, if, like, you decided to steal second on a walk, like, you, it was still something that was like, yeah, that's good. It's something you should look for. But it's... I guess a little bit to that is, too... Since it's become less of a small ball game, uh, the focus has shifted from smaller advantages. So, it's left the focus is less on hey, if, on uh, if you're at first and, okay the catcher is taking a long time throw back second take second like you know or t- throw back to the pitcher take second, it's focused on a lot less of those smaller details and more on hey, don't be on first be on second or be in the dugout because you hit a double or a home run um so i think that's more that goes a little bit more towards a philosophical thing where it's like okay well do more damage so and as a pitching staff prevent less damage so that you don't have to worry about those little things as much like if i had a double because uh, i can't hit home runs unless well i got close at uh what was that the uh, Crystal Lake. No, no, the team in the team Wisconsin, the on the turf field, the good team.
1: Oh, Brookfield.
0: Brookfield, I got close. Remember that one game in our senior year, where like I hit it, left fielder stopped. Like, were you there? Yeah. Right. It was a tournament. It was a tournament at Brookfield. Like I hit it, I knew it was gone. Left fielder knew it was gone. He stopped looking fifteen feet from the track, and all of a sudden the wind started blowing, in and I was like crap, and I ended up with a double. So Father's Day. Yeah, the the, the I wasn't yeah. Dare. Well, that was that was twelve? Was that twelve or thirteen? You? No, it was thirteen. You. Yeah. It was thirteen. You because twelve. Of you I didn't do anything. Well, it's again another topic, but twelve. Right. Of you I didn't do anything.
1: <laughs> so, but to me the thing was that when I was a kid was that we were taught to hit the ball where they weren't standing. I wasn't taught to launch angle and spin rate and whatever they're doing today I wasn't, I wasn't taught that I'm
0: going to have to catch you up on what those things
1: mean I know, I was taught to change my <laughs> stance or not change my stance but change my hands well, that and, means and hit the ball the, uh, the opposite way If I'm a lefty so the, so the shortstop's covering second on a steal the plan was the guy on first goes to steal shortstop creates a hole put it where the shortstop was that's what I was taught. I wasn't taught to hit swing for the fences. I wasn't taught to try and hit it over the outfielder's head. I was told to put the ball where they weren't standing because if that guy's going to second and I could find that hole, now it's first and third. Or if I could split the outfielders, I'm on second. We got a run scored, And it was all created because they created a hole and I was being able to punch the ball through the hole.
0: You know where there's a lot of holes, though? Where? That's the fence. <laughs> okay.
1: Well, we weren't taught that I know so it's know. just it was so it was a different time. That's all it's a different time so so these weighted runs and x fib and all of a sudden are you know, I don't even know all this stuff, and if I did and i I really want to sit down and learn it and stuff like that, I might be you know hanging with the boys, your boys, right instead of my boys, well, I
0: don't think I don't think well. I, probably well I'm trying to convince Dan to get more into the stuff I did convince him to read a book that's on more modern baseball strategies and I think he's reading that so shouts to him and he's coming around I think but yeah anyway I- so but i I do think you're gonna see guys
1: that understand stats like you do you know more of that saber metric or you know whatever you want to call it and Kudos to Bill James. Yes. A guy of my era that understood your era. That was a janitor. Uh, So he kind of set the curve. First one through the wall was... Billy Bean.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think he gets credit for... all. That Moneyball team... I think something that's overlooked is that they had a top a five team. A, well, they had a top five rotation in baseball and a bullpen in baseball. Like Zito Mulder, right? They were Zito Mulder M- M- Hudson and uh,
1: Hudson Zito Mulder. Yeah,
0: and I can't remember who their fourth guy was, but he was also above average. So in their bullpen, like they traded it for uh, was it Magnante? Not Magnante. Uh, I don't know whoever in the movie, it's made a big deal. He wants this one reliever, and that one reliever was really good. And had Rincon. yeah, Ricardo Rincon. Ricardo. That, that's what it was, and that reliever was really good. So
1: something that's Rincon. overlooked. They had a great team. They had a great team, Miguel but T-Hadi. you look at the players they had on that team, you're like, okay, this is a super so fun I think
0: team. now he, he credit where credit is due. He did change the court. He what popularized a metric, a sabermetric look. I think, and that's fair. But um, yeah, he, he gets a lot more. There's a lot less credit given towards. Oh, hey, uh, top five pitching in baseball is, regardless of whether you're what stats you're looking at, if it's gonna you're gonna have a good team. Like they might not have won one or two games, but they still would have been good. And and so before sabermetrics, those
1: players were still picked by. Scouts that understood the old stats,
0: right. and they still ended up with good ballplayers. And uh, I'm not going to go into these other three stats because we're already an hour and twenty minutes deep into this, and I. But podca- we, I right. we get the point, right? But- I get. Uh, so to finish it off, um, what what was I just going to say? Crap. Okay, to finish it off, two things. One uh, that we all these stats are doing are just giving a better way to measure what it's just confirming what scouts and what coaches have tried to do for the longest time uh so like oh he hits the wall really hard oh well we can see that a hard hit rate like we can look at that it's not it's not now less thing is less is left to the subjective eye test and i and th- i think that's good in my opinion that's good because the less bias there is and the less subjectivity there is there's good When I mean, you see a guy you're like oh man crack the bat it's just different a lot of times that can be backed up because you can look and you can see wow he hits the ball on average really hard and he has a really hard like barrel rate like there you go like a really high bar- there you go it's it's less subjectivity and two uh Stats have always existed. So when I hear someone say, "Oh, well, these are just made up stats," well, so is batting average and what? Like somebody they're had all to come made up, up stats. right? They're all made up stats. So they're just they're just newer. I think that's what the problem is. Like you said, you'd have to learn them, and you're older. <laughs> uh, you have things going on, um, and so and you've grown up with the game a certain way, and. The game has changed throughout your life, but the same stats were highly regarded for the most part. Like, okay, it shifted from batting average to on base. But you knew what on base was. You don't know what WRC Plus is. Yeah. Right, so it changed within familiarity. Like, you, it changed, but you knew about what was being evaluated. This isn't like you weren't introduced to anything completely new. So um I think just an important thing I'm gonna, I'm gonna close it off with this uh and I'll leave the final word to you. Um because whatever. Um is that all I'm your dad. Right. Yeah there you go. Um <laughs> <laughs> I've interrupted you enough. Um I just the most baseline thing to remember all of this is that all these stats all the sabermetrics all this stuff all it attempts to do all it is trying to do is give the average fan if they're willing to take a little a little bit of time it really doesn't take much time again i learned all these this stuff and now i had to get used to the nuances of it all and stuff like that but i learned it all just by going on fan graphs and going on mlb.com and, and going on baseball reference and looking at the glossary if I wanted to new like know what someone mentioned, like what WRC plus was, I looked it up, and then I listened to somebody explain it, and I was like, okay, and it took probably ten minutes. Now there's nuance to it, and once you get more familiar with it, it's becomes a little bit more complex. But again, if you you can apply the same logic to batting average too. So all this stuff is trying to do is just give a better way of evaluating and an easier way of evaluating a player. And that's it. So I'll, I'll leave the final, whatever. I get the
1: final. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Well, I gotta say I've enjoyed our time because we've, uh, for the, for those of you out there, we spend many a years talking baseball, talking ball players and stats and just watching games and trying to understand players, uh, and trying to decipher what makes a guy a little better than the next guy, uh, or just kicking back and enjoying a Brewers game, nice playoff win, right? Yeah, always a good time. Yeah. So just to wrap up this, it's uh, it's wonderful to be part of this podcast, and uh, for me, I'm a little bit old school, but not afraid to learn the new school, and. Uh, just remember that one isn't better than the other. It's just different, in my opinion. It's just different. So you're going to rate guys today based on new school stats, just like we rated guys on old school stats. you still got 25 guys on the field. If they're all evaluated the same way, well, you'll probably see a competitive game.
0: Unless uh, some have trash cans.
1: Unless some, <laughs> yes, unless some of them have trash cans. So, uh, to every baseball fan out there, just keep going. Just keep watching. And as you get a little older, show your children. Show your grandchildren. So,
0: probably, it is, the to me, the greatest game ever. Beautiful. And with that, that will conclude episode one of the Curious Baseball podcast, uh, presented by myself, uh, a.k.a. CuriousBaseball.com. Um... I don't know when I'll have the next one out, but dad thank you for taking an hour and a half on a Friday night appreciate it and um, we'll uh, hopefully see y'all soon it's been hard